Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 249 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son to this earth to be crucified for us. May we receive all the love you have for us as we read your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what Jesus is teaching in John chapter 3. This chapter contains the most well-known verse of all time. John 3.16 For God so greatly loved the world and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten unique son so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, and relies on him shall not perish. Come to destruction, be lost, but have eternal, everlasting life. Jesus was telling Nicodemus, a Pharisee who came to see him at night, that he came in order that everyone who believes in him, who cleaves to him, trusts him, and relies on him may not perish, but have eternal life and actually live forever. The promises in every verse of this chapter are magnificent. Take your time and meditate on them. Write them down on note cards and thank God for his incomprehensible love for us. All we need to do is believe and we are saved by his never-ending grace. Jesus tells us that when we believe, we do not come up for judgment and there is no rejection or condemnation against us. May God put an extra measure of belief in our hearts today so we receive all of God's promises. Let's see what Paul is writing to the Galatians in chapter 5. Paul writes about freedom in Christ. He asks the Galatians to not become bogged down with the yoke of slavery, the law, and then he gets right to the point. He tells them that if they succumb to the wrong teaching and get circumcised, then they will be bound to the law and will not be able to live under grace anymore. Their freedom will be taken away from them. May we also give up the works of the flesh that make us feel more worthy of eternal life with Jesus, the eternal life he died to give us. There is nothing we can do that makes us worthy. At one time, Jesus says our best deeds are like filthy rags. Should that stop us from serving people that God asks us to serve? Absolutely not. But let pride not enter into our hearts about the good work that we do. We certainly know where that gets people. Pride comes before the fall. Our eternal life depends on our belief in the one who died to ensure we'd have it. Believing in him grants us the honor of living with him in heaven. In verse 6, Paul writes, For if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything but only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. Our works don't count, but our faith activated, energized, expressed, and working through love does. May we do all we do in love. Finally, Paul writes about living in the Holy Spirit, meaning being guided and controlled by the Holy Spirit. When we live according to the Spirit, we live our lives in love. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is found in verse 22, which says, the Holy Spirit helps us live with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Without him, we will be consumed with sin. May our hearts be open to receive the Holy Spirit and be led to be guided by him. Let's see what Isaiah can teach us in chapter 7. Israel and Syria plotted together to take over Judah, but God had other plans. King Ahaz was the king of Judah and was not a godly king. He didn't trust the Lord. He worshiped other gods and even sacrificed one of his sons to them. However, God desired to protect the land of Judah. 
he sent Isaiah and Isaiah's son to go talk with Ahaz. He assured Ahaz that God was not going to let these superpowers overtake Judah. Ahaz was apparently not convinced because Isaiah told him to ask God for anything as a sign of promise to save Judah. However, Ahaz wouldn't. His reply seemed godly enough when he said he wouldn't tempt God, but his heart was in the wrong place. He didn't really want the sign because then the light would shine on the fact that God was the Almighty and one true God, and Ahaz didn't fully believe that. Instead, he made an alliance with Assyria because he felt he needed help to fight against Israel and Syria. He trusted Assyria more than God. In fact, he made the same altar and offered sacrifices to the same gods as the Assyrians when they agreed to help him. Meanwhile, his people were getting pummeled in the wars and were taken as slaves, just as Isaiah said they would be. If Ahaz had trusted God more than them, his plight may not have turned out the way it did. In chapter 8, Isaiah continues his prophecy from chapter 7. God directed him to write this one down. His wife had a son, and before he would learn the words mother and father, Syria would be overtaken by Assyria. Then the Assyrian army would move through the land of Judah. Although they didn't overthrow Judah, they left massive destruction behind them. God protected them from being overtaken. All this destruction around them and living through the wars against them, Ahaz and the people of Judah lived in fear. Isaiah tried to tell them to revere God and fear him instead of all these armies. Verse 14 says, And he shall be a sanctuary, a sacred and indestructible asylum to those who reverently fear and trust in him. But he shall be a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel, a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Jesus was the ultimate stone and stumbling block for the people in years to come. But even back here in the Old Testament, God was trying to get the people to trust him. However, the people trusted in mediums and wizards more than they trusted in him. This led to the distress and darkness they lived in. May we trust God over the world. May we trust in him instead of looking at our circumstances and becoming distressed. God is the only one who can deliver us from all evil. Let us put our trust in him. Well, let's see what we can learn from Psalm 68. The possible author for this psalm is Ezra. There was a remnant of Jews left in Jerusalem to tend to the land when Ezra returned with others to help rebuild the city. Verse 16 says, Why do you look with grudging and envy, you many peaked mountains at the mount of the city called Zion, which God has desired for his dwelling place? Yes, the Lord will dwell in it forever. Well, this was God's chosen place to dwell, and the people were determined to rebuild the temple and the city. We see promises of God in verses 19 and 20, where God is the one who bears our burdens. God is our deliverer. He is also the one who fights our enemies. Ezra tells us to give praise to God in verse 33. Sing praises to him who rides upon the heavens, the ancient heavens. Behold, he sends forth his voice, his mighty voice. And then he ends the psalm with the power, strength, and might of God, who gives strength and might to us, his people. Let us pray. O oh Lord, thank you for your perfect plan. From the beginning of time, you had a plan. Thank you that it contains a plan with us in it. Your love spans eternity. Thank you for loving us that much. Father, we pray you impart strength, might, and power into our hearts and lives so that we can stand strong against the enemy and all his advances. Cover us in the blood of Jesus and protect us from all evil. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. 
Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word. 